Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. So you're on Twitter, or the old Tweety Box, as Morley Scott calls it. I will recommend the account Super 70 Sports. Very entertaining. They usually show a sports photograph or often a sports card, baseball card, hockey card, basketball card. A couple minutes ago, they posted a basketball card. I can't read the caption they they wrote for the card on air because it includes some profanity, but it's quite funny. Well, unless you don't think profanity is funny, then maybe don't look at this account. But they tend to be a little, uh, little cheeky comment on sports cards and photos of the past. It's pretty funny. Super 70s sports. If you want boring tweets about the Oilers and Eskimos and what's going to be on Inside Sports, then follow my account at Reed Wilkins. Sometimes I, I might put in the odd other tweet. Kellen Kennedy just looked it up. I see he started laughing. <laughs> I just read the tweet. I'm just waiting for the photo to pop up. Oh, you didn't even see that? Yeah. Even... yeah, it's oh, actually okay. funny even without the photo, but the photo makes, makes it uh, a little funnier. Cleveland Cavaliers Paul, legend Paul Mokeski. Paul Mokeski. Can't tell you a thing about him, except, well, what they put in the caption, which is an interesting way to word it. <laughs> you can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Adarius Bowman. Expected to play Monday, Labor Day. Here's head coach Jason Moss. Uh, yeah, he's off the sixth game. He's uh, going to get back in the lineup and, and hopefully do great things for us like he always has. No question. Uh, to have one of your playmakers back in the lineup, a guy that you've relied on for many years here in Edmonton, uh, it's always uh, great to have someone like him back. Bowman has been out since July 14th, lower body injury for the season, just in three games, 153 yards receiving and a couple of touchdowns. And uh, head coach Moss, uh, all ready for the Labor Day showdown. He's been there as a coach and as a player. Intensity, I mean, it just ramps up. I mean, you'd like to play every game like it's your last and all the little cliches, but for whatever reason, Labor Day is different, and I want them to understand that and and know that uh, it's a big deal, and I want them to to play like it so um you know uh, i want them to understand that and uh it is just another game but at the same time that intensity is a little bit different and i want them to to enjoy that moment and jason moss you you guys are going to like this comment you know you can scheme you can do some different things at the end of the day our guys got to beat them up (laughs) up front our guys got to beat them up and it's going to be a physical matchup and our guys got to physically dominate the game and if they can do that um you know it'll be a good day for us. 
Well, line play is going to be big. The Eskimos' defensive line has had a pretty good season, and, and I think the Eskimos have won several games this season led by the defensive line and uh, the quarterback. They've had a D-line that got more pressure, and they've had a quarterback that was tougher and made more plays than the other teams on a lot of nights. So hopefully that will be the case on Monday. Eskimos at Stampeders. The countdown to kickoff on 6.30, Chad, will start at 11.30. The game will start at 1. We'll have the rematch from the Brickfield at Common Wealth Stadium next Saturday, and we'll also have games from Penticton, the Oilers' young stars at that annual tournament. Those will be uh, where we're we looking at Friday at five, and then an afternoon game next Monday. That's already on September 11th. So uh, Oilers and Eskimos rolling into the fall here on 6:30. Chad, going to be a lot of fun. The, some text here to 6:30, 6:30. Uh, Randy says it has always offended me that over the years guys from Edmonton seem to not want to play for the Oilers. I don't want Jerome. McGinley here on that fact, or am I wrong? That is from Randy in Edmonton. I guess just considering really, really recent history, Andrew Ference, who's an Edmontonian, uh, did come to play here. Obviously, he retired over the summer, and he barely played his last two years because of injury. Uh, were other guys from Edmonton on the team recently? I mean, you got Keegan Lowe came back on an ATO. So he's well, gonna, Mike Comrie came back two. about four years ago. That was right? a while. Well, it was more than that, because he hasn't been Six here since ago. I've been covering yeah. the team. Yeah, Mark Latest, who's from Alberta, from Elk Point, he signed. A, I, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking guys who signed as free agents, right? So I guess Ference would be the last notable free agent from Edmonton that, that signed here. We'll talk about the Jerome McGinley rumor, rumors with Bob Stoffer coming up after the 7:30 news. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what Bob has to say about it. This texter says. Uh, about the concert last night, it was pretty loud. We live on 135th Avenue, just off 82nd Street, and we thought the noise was coming from our neighbors two doors down. LOL. Let's go Eskies. That texture also adds. Well, 135th Ave, 82nd Street, so we're talking that's 25 blocks from the stadium, right? So yep. it'd be north of the stadium and yep. a little there. So their house would be north of the stadium, yep. and I guess a little bit. On the other side of the Yellowhead Trail. To the yep. east, yeah. Well, I mean, I live four blocks from Commonwealth Stadium, so I drove home, parked. So I got the special parking sticker so I could park Lucky. during special events. And I, I got out of my car, and I could tell uh, they're, that they're playing Estranged. I could tell the song. Now, I also know Estranged, right? Yeah. If, they were, if they were playing one of their songs I didn't know as well, maybe I wouldn't have picked it up as well. But it should be loud. It's a rock concert. I could hear the sound check from my backyard during the afternoon yesterday for Buffalo. Well, LLP. I would say like, I could yeah. hear the sound check Thursday night when they were setting. But I mean, yeah. I, I live close enough to the state. I mean, I go to Eskimos games, but I, I live close enough that I think if a touchdown were scored, you could hear cheering or even PA announcing too. Yeah. So my, my perspective is maybe a little off because I'm, I'm right there. Right. So. Uh, text 63630. Six, six, uh, Kellen, you said something. I, I corrected your grammar in the last half hour. Mm, okay. I, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what it was either. <laughs> Go back on a podcast. You, you, said I, you said I haven't got nothing, I think. And I said, no, you haven't got anything. Oh. So uh, this okay. texture wrote in and said, uh, Read, grammar, your Eskimo interviewee described by you as a good talker. Try speaker, grammar, and usage, my good man. Fair point. He did add an LOL. Okay. And uh, he also says, Axel and Slash never played together in 2007. You can check the history in Slash's book. Will Brett Kissel be your musical guest tomorrow? No, he will not be. If this interview comes through. Because it's always iffy with, with, uh, with some big names. Fingers crossed. 
Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to now step out of the debate about which Edmonton concert Axel showed up late for because we definitely have people's people's memories. It was sometime between 1988 and 2007, maybe more than once. I don't know. We'll see. Callan Attractor says, Reed, what do you think the NHL could do to mimic a Labor Day Classic, an annual event between rivals, uh, not an outdoor classic that jumps around to different teams? That's from Callan Attractor. I don't, I don't know if the NHL would ever do that, Cal. I, I think in their minds they're doing that with the New Year's Day game, or they call it the Winter Classic, which you're right, Cal, does move around from location to location. And I think the Hockey Day in Canada would probably be close to a version of that where you have, well, now there's seven Canadian teams. I think Montreal is playing Boston this year. Uh, Edmonton's playing Vancouver on that day. So you, you, you play another Canadian team. So there's a bit of a built-in rivalry there. It's usually, I mean, I know that Edmonton usually plays Vancouver or Calgary. You know, historically, they have played other teams at different times. I mean, anything short of Montreal playing Toronto on like Hockey Day in Canada every single year would probably be it, but that's very minor. All right. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. We'll take a quick timeout, and we'll catch up with a guy who was a very popular Edmonton Oil King. Now will you hate him as a Calgary Flame? Curtis Lazar when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. You know, Cam Talbot's uh, wife, Kelly, was on our station this morning with Bruce. She is from Texas. She's doing her part to uh, raise some money and get some help for the people uh, in, uh, well, I was going to say Houston, but Houston and a large area of Texas affected by uh, the hurricane. So good work being done by her. Ottawa 13, Montreal 1. The third quarter is just underway. CFL action tonight. What else do we have? We have uh, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg on Sunday. The Eskimos in Calgary will kick off at 1 on Monday. We have it for you here on Ched. And then you'll have Hamilton and Toronto to close out the Labor Day weekend. Going to be fun. Eskimos, great record, 7-2, and two, but just third in a very competitive West Division. The Blue Jays scored five in the top of the fifth. They now lead the Orioles 7-6. That game is into the sixth inning. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. I've been interviewing this guy for a few years, and he's always great to talk to, very insightful, and he's uh, hoping to get his NHL career back on track this coming season with the Calgary Flames. Former Edmonton Oil King star Curtis Lazar is on the other end of the line. Curtis, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing very well. It's great to have you back on the show. How's your summer been, man? You know, it's been good, and uh, I'd say it officially just came to an end. I'm just packing up the car as we speak, and uh, I'm off to Calgary this afternoon. Okay, good stuff. Well, uh, now, how, how's your uh, how's your training doing over the summer? Have you, uh, as you've got into your 20s here, have you changed anything you do in the off season, or do you kind of have a, a tried and true routine? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm pretty big into my routines, and I think. Uh, First and foremost for myself is I stayed healthy, um, you know, especially with last summer, you know, putting in all the work and whatnot with my trainer and then getting a mono at the end of the year and, you know, losing 30 pounds and all momentum going into the season. So you know, I wanted to stay healthy, but, uh, you know, my trainer, Shane Pizzy here, um, it's probably my sixth or seventh 
year working with him. Uh, you know, he's outstanding. I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, working out with uh, Jordan Tutu and Patrick Weirkosh, uh, Shea Weber, Blake Como, Josh Georges. I mean, we've got a good bunch of guys out here. So I saw some gains. And uh, like I told people, this was kind of like uh, I went from being a 21-year-old kid to a 22-year-old man. So I've seen some uh, you know, improvements in the gym, and I'm hoping it can translate on the ice. Well, and I know that was a big story for you was, you know, unfortunately having mono and the time you had to miss. I, I, 30 pounds, man, was that you must have you must have felt pretty weak. That's that's the type of thing it takes a while to get back from eh? Oh, for sure. I mean, I haven't weighed that light since I was about 16 or 17 in the Western Hockey League. So, uh, you know, trying to put that back on and also, you know, just build that strength throughout the season is something that I thought I could handle. But until actually getting in the summer mode here and you know properly lifting and uh getting back in a game shape i realized i, I wasn't near 100 percent last year so you know uh, just to get everything back in line and uh get ready for my fresh start in calgary i mean i couldn't be more excited curtis you know i've been interviewing you since you were 17 years old and playing from the oil kings and i think everybody who saw saw you play there knows what a, a, a positive person you are but whenever a guy goes through an extended uh, illness or injury that misses time i'm always curious about the mental aspect of it too right like the physical recovery you know has to be done but there are steps you can take sometimes it's new for a guy to mentally go through missing a bunch of time how, how was your attitude or, or who helped you stay an upbeat while you're going through that yeah, um, so like you said, is uh, the physical physical aspects one thing, but the mental side is completely new. And uh, I know for myself, it was a uh, completely new territory for myself. I mean, everything just kind of clicked along with my career. And then uh, you know, you hit a little adversity like I did last season, and uh, you know, it, it took a lot out of me. And uh, you know, as you know me and uh, my time at the Oil Kings, I mean, I'm I'm all about uh, you know the love for the game and the smile on my face and the passion and stuff like that. And you know, I saw that start to fade this, during the season last year when I got called up to Ottawa. I mean, I obviously take a lot of pride in my play on the ice and want to contribute. And when I felt that you know the opportunity wasn't always there and stuff, and you know you start second guessing yourself, and then that's when I mean the whole domino effect goes, and your confidence goes, and you don't want to wake up the morning level and go to the rink. And you know it's uh, it was a lot to you know time kind of digest because I've always you know loved the game and. Uh, you know, having the support from, you know, my family, my friends, uh, my agency was big into it, and uh, you know, setting me up with actually Ryan Walter, a former player, and he does a lot of work, and uh, I refer to him as my performance coach, and you know, we talk on the phone uh, usually once a week or so for about half an hour, and just going over uh, different aspects of the, the human mind and what it takes to, you know, be in the zone and overall just be a positive person, and uh, using some of those exercises and getting back into that uh, you know good headspace this summer is that it only did me good and i'm excited to put it all to the test to come october yeah well that's a great answer and great and great insight in, into that journey you've been on over the last 12 months or so i, I think fans appreciate appreciate hearing that curtis Lazar, uh, curtis lazar joining us at inside sports former edmonton oil king now a calgary flame uh, obviously after being drafted by ottawa in the first round in 2013 you know i haven't really talked to you since uh since the trade curtis how did how did you process that at the time were you a little surprised was it maybe uh, you know time for a, a step in a different direction how, how did you get through that when it happened I, I think so um again is i don't wish what i went through last year upon anyone and all i can do is this you know i feel like i'm almost the old veteran now as i'm going into my fourth season but if i ever see a young kid that kind of you know is having a rough spot or 
in the similar situation that I am. I mean, I'm going to be that guy that you, know, you can lean on and talk to because I know how difficult it was. And it got to the point where you're right. I mean, a change of scenery and just a, a full on reset. I mean, a new city, a new teammates, a, a new system on the ice that would be more beneficial to myself. Just it kind of all clicked. And uh, going through that whole process, knowing that, uh, you know, I was welcome to a uh, you know, a change and a new team, uh, Calgary, you know, they checked uh, everything off my list. And again, as a 22 year old kid, you don't have much say in where you go or if you go, but I was blessed with the opportunity uh, to become a Calgary flame and right up the deadline. I mean, that's where it gets pretty hectic. I mean, you get to call your trade. I mean, three hours later, I'm on a plane all West. So, uh, it went by fast, but, uh, I can't say enough good things about the flames. I mean, they took me in, uh, you know, I, they got me uh, acclimated to the systems and to the city and, uh, you know, I got my feet wet in a few games. So, uh, I mean, everything set up for me to succeed. I just have to put in the work. Well, you jumped in there with Calgary. You got three points in four games in the regular season. You, you got into a playoff game. So, and now you're going to have a chance uh, to prove yourself here in camp. Do you, do you feel you're still, um, I mean, I know you, you're approaching 200 NHL games. I think you're at 180. So you got some good experience under your belt. Do, do you feel you're still defining yourself, though, as an NHLer, or, or do you feel you kind of know your role and now it's just developing the consistency with it? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question because uh, like I guess uh, I'm not a new kid by any means. Like, I feel like a veteran in the NHL. Is, like I said, I'm going to my fourth season, but I am still trying to define myself because I don't want to be known as that kid that just plays on the fourth line as an energy player. And, I mean, I want to be a, a top six guy with, uh, you know, offensive upside and can be a go-to player. I mean, if I play in a shutdown role or an offensive role, something that uh, can really – you know, make a difference in a game and uh, I know I'm I'm very motivated in the sense that I have a lot to prove to myself but also to you know some people out there that you know just kind of write me off and I, in the long run I mean, I'm still 22 years old um, there's a long ways to go and uh, I'm still just beginning and you know I want to want to be successful in Calgary I mean from what I've seen from the city already my short stint I mean I love it um, obviously we made some great uh, moves and acquisitions this summer to really make a push for it so I want to be a part of that. Well, and you're jumping into the Battle of Alberta. You're going to be uh, you. You were in it in junior. You're going to be on the other side of it now. You 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 may have people who uh, cheered for you as an Oil King, uh, booing you as a Calgary Flame in the months and years to come. I guess we'll see about yeah. that. Um, but uh, look, uh, I, I've been asking a, a few guests on the show this question this week because we're leading up to the uh, Eskimo Stampeders game on Monday, and then they're playing again next Saturday in Edmonton. So the big Battle of Alberta, home and home. Uh, through your years, and you know what? This can be NHL, this can be junior, maybe it's somebody you played in peewee. I don't know. Uh, a rivalry that you remember as being really heated or, or a team you really hated to play. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many. And, I mean, like the first taste of it, it's, it's got to be, I mean, the Oil Kings and Hitman. I mean, going head-to-head to head in a, a couple of playoff series and stuff, and like you said, it was the mini Battle of Alberta. It was a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of pride out there. And then, you know, you take that step and be involved in the, the Battle of Ontario. I mean, we had a few games during my time in Ottawa against the Leafs. That's, uh, you know, you just have that hatred right away. And uh, I'm excited. I mean, obviously the Oilers and uh, our Flames here, we're, uh, we're on the upswing. And uh, the Battle of Alberta is going to be going for, uh, you know, many years to come. And I'm happy to be going back to Edmonton as the bad guy. And I just said, play spoiler. And I know if I'm getting booed here or there, it means I'm doing my job. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. There you go. Well, I know you're going to have a smile on your face whether you're getting booed or cheered, that's for sure. Curtis, I know you're getting ready to travel here, so thanks a lot for coming on the show. Glad to hear you're feeling a lot better, and all the best this season. I hope we can chat again. Thanks. I appreciate it for having me. 
Excellent. That is always good to catch up with Curtis Lazar, a highly popular Edmonton Oil King when he was here on those great teams, played for Ottawa, uh, really candid there about battling mono last year and the, the physical and mental toll that took on him. Got traded to the Calgary Flames, got on a few games, so uh, we'll see how he does here rolling into train, uh, training camp. Definitely a hard-working working guy, definitely a smart young man, and he, he doesn't just want to settle for being a fourth line or being a checker. As he said, he would like to be a top-six forward and keep working towards that. He definitely has the, the capacity. And the thing about Lazar if you saw him play for the Oil Kings, he wasn't one of those guys who scored on the perimeter. He gets in there and mucks it up. He's good down low at both ends of the ice, winning puck battles, being very competitive. So I think if he gets his confidence and strength back in the NHL, he's got a very good chance to play in the NHL for a long time. It is 7:27. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6:30. Chad, still a lot more to come. Bob Stoffer's going to hop on. We'll talk some rivalries with him, and we'll see what he thinks about these again. Rumors. Ian McLean from the undefeated Edmonton Huskies, he's their head coach, will tee up this weekend's game against the Wildcats, the Battle of Edmonton in the Prairie Football Conference. Ottawa leading Montreal 21-1. Five minutes into the third quarter, CFL action. For the Eskimos, Adarius Bowman is back. Adam Konar looking good to play. We'll see about Vidal Hazelton. He was a partial participant in practice today, but hopefully the Eskimos getting a little bit healthier. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630. Chad, back after the news. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Just got a text here from uh, Rocket, who we uh, hear from quite a bit during the Oilers season. I know a big football fan as well. He says, uh, how is Calgary on the injury front? Anything of significance there? I was just checking back. The Stampeders have a weekly... They, they put a weekly injury report on their website, and they, they keep it for every week. Uh, Kamar Jordan went on the six-game list in week seven. Lamar Durant, a really good receiver, went on the six-game injury list in week nine. Uh, Charleston Hughes missed last week. Dan Federkal missed last week. So we'll see how those guys are for Labor Day. They were just on the one-game list, so often those guys can come back right away. The good news for the Eskimos, Bowman back. We'll see about Hazelton and uh, Adam Konar is going to help the linebacking course. So they'll have Konar on the sh- on, uh, at linebacker. They'll have the outstanding Kenny Ladler at linebacker. And they'll have Alex Hoffman-Ellis uh, uh, in the middle. We had Hoffman-Ellis on the show earlier. We've talked to Rod Maver. We had Curtis Lazar in the last half hour, all very intelligent and well-spoken guests. Depending on your point of view, our next guest will keep that theme going or he will completely obliterate it. It's Bob Stoffer from Oilers Now. Hi, Bob! Well, I do have the upside to be better than that, so yes, indeed. How are you, Reed? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Uh, by the way, 21-1, for those of you uh, wondering about the Ottawa-Montreal game, pretty much uh, controlled here by the Red Blacks with six minutes left in the third quarter. Hey, uh, Bob, we got Labor Day coming up on Monday. I mean, you and I have been watching this game uh, since we were, were kids. It's just, it's just a staple in your life, the Edmonton-Calgary rivalry. Uh, I was wondering, from your perspective, and you have experience, you know, tons of experience, obviously, uh, not just covering NHL and CFL, but with university sports. A couple rivalries 
either past or present or maybe an era, I'll leave it wide open, that, that stand out to you just for being heated and full of hatred? How about uh, like uh, India-Pakistan cricket? My guess is that one would be politically motiva- uh, motivated, and they, there'd be a lot of hate knowing the historic That's rivalry. Great. Would, <laughs> that started in what nineteen late uh, late nineteen forties, but was all uh, was all serious, and, and that is a serious rivalry. But uh, you know what? Let's start with the Labor Day Classic. I think that anybody that has grown up in the province of Alberta, uh, and and part of it is just how good the West has been. Uh, the West has been by far the strongest division, seemingly. I mean, I know last year at the start of the year, the East was a little bit ahead of the West, and ultimately Ottawa won the Great Cup. But for me, Reed, uh, you know, the Labor Day Classic has always been a special uh, time. It really starts the year. As a kid, I can remember listening to Bill and Bill on uh, CJCA and then, uh, you know, Halsey and Freddie Fleming and everything and, and getting geared up for that game. And it was often, you know, summer football was a little bit different than fall football and signified a, a change that sort of came with the weather as well. So no question the Labor Day Classic was a big deal. Um, for the Oilers, I mean, I'm still a Battle of Alberta guy. I think for a few years there, everybody hated Vancouver. You know that personally just from hosting and doing shows yourself. Uh, I think that has dissipated a bit. The the Canucks aren't as good as they once were. They don't have the hate factor in their team anymore. Uh, certainly in the 80s, again, you know, the best hockey in the NHL was being played in Edmonton and Calgary. I mean, there there was representatives eight what uh, from 83 all the way until 1990, eight straight years uh, out of Edmonton and Calgary. So, you know, we're, we're from here. So Edmonton and Calgary is a big deal. Uh, very quickly, CIS, the... You know, Alberta and Saskatchewan have had a healthy rivalry in hockey and when the Bears football team, and it was only a brief period, but when they were good in the mid-2000s, Saskatchewan was right there. And then I'll throw a couple more at you that people maybe, you know, when it comes to NCAA football, right now for me it's Alabama and LSU. That's a great rivalry. And uh, and then in soccer, perhaps the biggest is Real Madrid and Barcelona. So I thought about the question today when you mentioned you're going to hook me up. There's some there for you. All right, well, that, yeah, that's good. And I mean, I guess... Now, Alabama and Clemson have played in two straight national championship games, but they do not play in the regular season, right? No, they're so, not in the same uh, yeah. conference. And, and LSU uh, produces, you know, they have an unbelievable pipeline of players. And, and, and so does Alabama. And, and LSU has had some, uh, there's just, I mean, the amount of talent. Uh, going back into the, you know, college football late 1980s, you'd be looking at Miami against Florida State. And, of course, tomorrow Florida State plays uh, Alabama three versus one to start the year. What a what a kickoff game that'll be! But uh, there, I know one year Florida State and Miami played, and there were thirty seven future NFL players in that game. Oh, so there was a little bit of you know a little bit of team speed uh, uh, back in the day between Miami, which rotated coaches seemingly you know every two or three years against Florida State that had Bobby Bowden coaching them. At Florida State, uh, I want to say late eighties, early nineties, I think lost three games on late missed field you goals. Na- you nailed so, it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Good so, job. Anyway, just uh, just going down memory lane. I I just that India Pakistan reference was incredible. Have you ever watched a cricket match front well, to back? I, I mean, like taken a week out of your life and just sat and watched a game. <laughs> I mean, I you know we we we're, we're you know as Canadians, I think we have a responsibility to, to understand a little bit about what's happening around the world. I mean, just looking into a Budo family, you know, out of uh, out of Pakistan, it's it's unbelievable what's happened there, and and to a smaller. I mean, you talk about true. Like Canada and the U.S. in in junior hockey has become a major rivalry. We know that. But we don't hate Americans. 
Like it's it, there hasn't we haven't warred with them uh, since 1812, right? So <laughs> you haven't grown up with uh, you know I, you know what I mean. You and me can go back to a time when it was different between Canada and the Soviet Union, and for Russians, they're still it's still a big deal for them when they play Canada, but I, in hockey. But I think Reed, you can make an argument that the U.S. has totally supplanted Russia as Canada's biggest rivalry internationally in hockey. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think it's been that. I mean, it started certainly in '96, and I think it's yeah, it's well over a decade now. That's been the case. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and Americans play in many respects at the elite level with the same amount of passion. The only the only difference is at the is at the World Championships. They don't take it seriously. I saw a guy like Matt Hendricks ends up being a captain, right? Because they just their better guys don't go. But you know, if not for a bounce, they they beat Canada nineteen or in uh, you know twenty ten in Vancouver. You know, it was a two two game. They could have easily scored a shift before in overtime in that game. And uh, you know, Canada beat them in two thousand two. We are the reigning two-time champions in the Olympics, but Americans are right there for my money. Bob Stoffer joining us on Inside Sports. It's 7.40. All right, Bob, the, uh, the, we're getting some texts about this, and the uh, the rumor du jour, I guess, is uh, the Oilers potentially being interested in Jerome Aginla, who is 40. Uh, we all know from, uh, from I guess, from St. Albert. Did play 80 games last year, had, you know, a respectable 14-goal total. Uh, still got up around 70 penalty minutes. I, I, I'll just quickly give my take, Bob. I, I'd be a little leery about parachuting a Ginla in. I, I know he would still work hard. I know he will still defend his teammates. PTO situation, okay. I'd be a little more open-minded to that. And this is nothing against the guy or what he's accomplished. Uh, you, you just want, and Peter Shirelli said earlier, you know, that he didn't want necessarily want to bring in older guys who would push other players down in the depth chart. He did bring in Jokinen, but I don't think he's going to really push anybody down. So how do you see this again, the situation? Well, you had the interview with Peter because I was on holidays. What did he you, uh, he say to you when you asked him, was there anything else well, coming in the summer? <laughs> I think it was a four-word answer. He said it'll be quiet. Three-word answer. Yeah. So there you go. Um, you know, I like virtually all of the listeners right now have an appreciation for Jerome McGinley. He's a first-class guy. He's a good player. Here's the thing. I wouldn't bring him in as, at, a, at a PTO right now. Uh, I, I, I and, and I want to preface this by saying, for the ultimate decision maker, uh, you know, it's not. There, there's not a lot of people around right now. But the indications I'm getting, and I won't say where, but it's. I haven't spoken to Peter Shirelli about this, but the, I've not heard a lot about Jerome McGinley at this stage. Now, the one thing I will say is. I could see the Oilers giving an opportunity for Pulley and Slepeshev Reed to see what they can do, or maybe even Kajula uh, potentially on that right side in ter- uh, on top of the likes of one of either Dreisaitl or Strom or Nugent Hopkins, maybe in that order, because I think Nugent Hopkins is the most likely of those three to no matter what remain at center. Um, but I-, I think you want to see what you got on the right side, and you need to allow that to take place during the preseason, even through the first 35-40 games. But if there's 25 games left in the season and you think you need an add-on, you know, if, if a Gimel's playing somewhere else during the course of the season, maybe he re-enters the fray as an option. That said, how would you feel about a guy like James Neal? Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, I love right. James Neal. Like, is he, I mean, he's right in his, he's kind of in his prime, isn't he? Like, that's, and, and even, you know, at a much lower stratosphere, but a guy you could surely get, I'm going to assume New Jersey isn't going to be very good. If you needed a little bit of a bump, what about a guy like you know Drew Stafford that would cost you nothing? He's an eight hundred thousand dollar cap hit. 
you're talking 200k at the trade deadline. So, you know, I, I get the sentiment from people saying, hey, they need to do this because they're a little bit unproven. I actually want to see what those unproven guys can do here in the fall. That's why I think to me it doesn't make a lot of sense. I haven't heard much in that regard. You know, never say never, right? The other thing is if some guys bomb out in the preseason, Reed, we might be having a different conversation come October 1st. So I guess that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I really want to see what players can do. You mentioned Kajula, and I, you know, he played on that right side the last two or three playoff games. And Kajula has an element, Bob, that a lot of the non-playoff teams didn't have. And I think, you know, Peter Shirley has brought in some players with this skill as well is that he can kind of score from mid-range, right? Like, he, he can fire the puck. We saw how that helped Anaheim, uh, you know, with some of the goals they were able to score in the playoffs against the Oilers, that quick shot, snapshot, or coming down the wing and shooting it, that's a threat. I mean, Taylor Hall maybe had it to a degree, but the Oilers haven't had a lot of guys like that, and that's what I want to see if Kajula can really do it this season. We got robbed last year of what Kajula might be able to do because, you know, he suffered the injury in the preseason. Was he any worse than the second-best player? on the team the preseason behind McDavid. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Right? And then he gets hurt uh, on that breakaway against Winnipeg, takes the penalty shot. He's out with that hip issue, and then he got injured again when he was out with the hip issue trying to rehab it. And he never got back, in my opinion, to where he needed to get to until the second round of the playoffs. And it's the last goal that he scored where he forced the play offensively on the forecheck, and I think it was Shea Theodore that he knocked back into the goal. The puck went in the net. You talk about showing different ways to score. That showed uh, his maturation in his game. So, I he is. We've talked about this before. He is my guy to watch. That I think takes a big step forward here. Uh, twenty twenty, maybe even twenty five, twenty five guy. I genuinely believe he has that kind of ability, and I do think he is a viable option on the right side. And there, I, I think Todd McClellan's read. I don't know about you, but for me, I think the options are already. Uh, you know, there's, there's tons of options open to this hockey club without adding a guy like Jerome McGinley. So let's see what some of these guys have. Yeah, I agree. It's certainly a way, this is such a more versatile roster than anything they've had in, in a long time. Bob, thanks for coming on the show tonight. It is always great to have you on. Uh, we're going to Penticton next week. We're going to be broadcasting some games. Uh, Eskimo season's really heating up. This is a fun time, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Reed, I expect you to read up on India versus Pakistan and cricket when, uh, when we're on that trip. So I'll start when I get home tonight. See you, buddy. See you. <laughs> That's Bob Stoffer, noon to two. Uh, Oilers now every day here on 6.30. Chet, and of course, the color analysts on uh, our Oilers broadcast on Chet and the Oilers radio network, and he was talking about uh, some Canadian university sports. He used to be the uh, sports information director at the U of A and uh, broadcast hockey, football, basketball games, a whole bunch of stuff over his career. Uh, very knowledgeable guy with a uh, nice little sense of humor as well with the India Pakistan uh, stuff. Which uh, tell, like that's the thing. If if the the Reed Wilkins of India or Pakistan, he's doing a cricket show. He's doing a post game cricket show with the Rob Brown of those nations. That's how it works. Seven forty six inside sports on six thirty. Ched. Big football game on Sunday right here in Edmonton at Clark Park, 1 p.m. Huskies Wildcats. Ian McLean from the Huskies when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. You know, earlier this week, Mike Riley was getting a little antsy, so he went with some receivers into the field house there at Commonwealth to get some throwing in, and they were they threw for a few minutes, and then got kicked out by the Guns N' Roses crew getting ready for the concert. Obviously a huge uh, production. They travel more than one stage 
Guns N' Roses going to Vancouver next, but the stage that was here last night is going to El Paso for a concert next week. 24-4, Ottawa leading Montreal, 13 minutes left, CFL action tonight. The Blue Jays have uh, kind of blown it open here in Baltimore. They got five in the fifth, three in the sixth. They lead the Orioles 10-6 now in the bottom of the seventh. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on uh, 6.30. Chad, this texter says, I quit high school so I could stay home and listen to the Bill and Bill show 11 to 2. Good times, good times. Bob Stoffer referenced listening to uh, Bill and Bill getting hyped up for the Labor Day Classic, which we have on 6.30, Chet, on Monday, 11.30 in the morning for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 1. Sunday at Clark Park, Clark Park it's a 1 p.m. kickoff Prairie Junior Football Conference between the 3-0 Edmonton Huskies and the 0-3 Edmonton Wildcats, and Ian McLean is the uh, head coach of the Huskies. Ian, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Reed? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me during practice. I know your assistants and coordinators have everything under control, right? Well, they do. Our old line coach isn't here today, so I'm running my unit while I'm talking to you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, this is... This is incredible that you're willing to do that. Ian, I, I just want to look back first before we look ahead to Sunday. And I, and I know coaches hate to look back, but I want to follow up on this and let our listeners know because you and I talked about a month ago, your camp was starting. Uh, you know, I was on holidays a, a lot in August, so I, did, I didn't get to talk to you. But you had that season opening game where you had to go to Ontario and play Windsor for a game that counted in the standings. And uh, you knew that was going to be a tough road trip, but it, but it went pretty well. Tell us about that game and how your team was able to come through. Oh, it, was, it was a good experience for the guys. I mean, we had a, we had a couple of guys as a first plane ride, so that was always fun stuff to do with on, on game day. Uh, but it was good. We uh, It was a great opening game of the season. Uh, we left a lot of points on the field. I don't think anybody was really happy after the game, but it was a good way to get into the season and had a cool experience for the guys. All right, so you know you, you get that win. You, you play a couple games in your conference that you get the victory as well. Uh, you know, coaches are always hopeful going into the season, but but it's clicked for you so far. It, it, give me a sense of the identity of this team. You know, good teams, even if they're good, they have different ways that they win. What's this team's formula? Well, I think the biggest thing with us is just working really hard every day. Our mantra for the team the entire season has been to make today's practice, the game that week, your best your best day of practice, your best game day that, that week and all season. So it's been really instilled in our guys, and it's good to see that effort come through. It's not an easy way to practice, not an easy way to play, but, I mean, the hard work's been, been very evident, and we've been happy with our effort. Uh, we have a defense that's really, really well, and it's nice to see those guys coming together with a lot of got a lot of new starters and coming through some injuries, uh, and then our offense is really starting to find its groove. Uh, if you watch that Windsor film, we, we miss on a lot of plays that leave a lot of points on the field for us, and that's just starting to come together now. Well, you, you obviously you're right about both sides of the ball. You've only allowed 43 points against in, in three games. Offensively, you've scored 30, 41, and then 57. Uh, you had a home-and-home home against the Calgary Colts. Did you expect this team to be that explosive offensively, or what, what's been clicking here? Uh, I think it comes down to the off-season work. I mean, we had our guys, we asked a lot of them. We asked them to work hard in the weight room and hard with our, our system and our schematics. So, that effort they put in, we, we can see in the season right now. Uh, obviously, we're lucky enough to have a fifth-year quarterback that's uh, that's leading the offense. But I mean, Brad Brad's only played about half of the game, so he's uh, he's had some some nicks that he's been having to work through. So it's good to see some young guys come through. It's nice to see the offense clicking, and, and hopefully, we get even better there. 
All right, so the game is, this is actually a home-and-home home against the Wildcats. You, you, they're both going to be at Clark uh, this Sunday. Then you guys get a bye, and then you play them again on Saturday the 16th. Look, they're 0-3. You guys are 3-0. and It's easy for me to look at that and say I'm going to favor you guys. But when it's Edmonton versus Edmonton, uh, given the intensity, I'm sure a lot of these players have known each other going back to high school or been playing against each other back to high school. The coaching staffs uh, know each other well. Are, are the records or the history significant, or is this kind of its own little uh, self-contained game here? Uh, you know what our mindset is? we got to make sure that we're playing for the guy beside you, not the guy across from you. So uh, we keep that mentality. we got to keep our focus and keep that as our, our – that's got to be our focus is playing for the guy beside you. The Cats are a good team. they got good athletes on all three phases. Uh, they got some young guys that are coming there and doing a really, really good job. And they got a couple new coordinators that have been doing a good job schematically with the system stuff. It's great to see. So I'm excited for a fun, fun game. And anybody who's seen the game knows how fun the games are to watch and to be a part of the pretty cool atmosphere. All right, Ian, before I let you go, I've been asking almost every guest this question this week because we do have the uh, the Labor Day game, the Battle of Alberta, on Monday. And you've played the game as well, so this can be a memory as a coach or as a player or, or maybe even in a sport you played other than football. Uh, a rivalry that you experienced that stands out to you just because it was special or especially heated. What comes to mind? Well, we got it going on on Sunday. Uh, there, there's no better inner-city rivalry in football in this country than a Wildcat Husky game. So I got a chance to play in a lot of them when I was here. I've had a, I've had, this is probably my 20th one that I've been a part of. And, uh, I hate to be very biased, but that is by far the most fun rivalry that I know of in this sport. All right. Well, that's going to be a good game. So it's Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff, right? I got the right time? Sunday, 1 o'clock. It'll be a beautiful day. It should be a lot of fun. And who is, uh, I guess it doesn't really matter, but you guys are officially the home team for this one and then the visitor on the 16th? Yeah, we're the home team, and then we're we're uh, we're on the road the week after. Right. Okay. Hey, Ian, thanks for coming on tonight. I know you're busy. I'll talk to Darcy tomorrow and get his perspective. This is a fun weekend. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks, man. Right on, Ian McLean, head coach of the three and O Edmonton Huskies, and Darcy I mentioned is Darcy Park from the Wildcats, and he'll be on the show tomorrow night. I think about uh, seven fifteen, seven twenty. We're gonna have uh, him on. So yeah, just some of the weekend stuff. You can catch U of A football tomorrow at seven at Foot Field. They're taking on the Calgary Dinos, and uh, we'll keep you updated from seven to eight tomorrow night on Inside Sports about their how they're doing. FC Edmonton travels to North Carolina for a game Saturday at five thirty. FC Edmonton having a good fall season, eight points in five games. They're third on the table, just barely out of first place. So they're hoping to work their way up and qualify it uh, for the playoffs by winning the second half of the season or having a good enough. Uh, push that they get in through one of the two spots from the overall standing so there are some things to keep an eye on for uh, for the weekend besides uh, all the Eskimos prep and yes a Darius Bowman will be back in the Eskimos lineup I'm, I'm, I'm used to this this rival so this is something that I've been uh, waiting to get back to for a year now you know and so uh, I was actually just explaining to Duke and a lot of the, the, the younger guys and I know he went to Auburn so I'm like you remember those college rivals? That's how I feel like uh, the, the Labor Day Classic kind of gives me that same feeling. You know, uh, it lasts with you the whole year. You know, no matter how your season kind of end up in the end, everybody kind of remember Labor, Labor Day. And I know uh, for us, it's, it's, it's been tough. I've been here seven years now, so it's been tough when we go down there. So we're really trying to make a change this year. And uh, so I think the guys are understanding. You know, we got our our things we do and don't do during this week, and uh, we're teaching it to the younger guys. But uh, this is definitely 
something that's serious about serious with us, the veteran guys that's here. And so uh, I'm, I'm extra ready. What, what better game to come back on? All right, Darius Bowman, he is ready to go. The Stampeders have won five in a row on Labor Day. The Eskimos are going to try to end that streak. 11.30 Monday countdown to kick off the game will start at 1. Besides Ian McLean, you heard from Bob Stoffer, Curtis Lazar, Stampeders punter Rob Maver, and Eskimos linebacker Alex Hoffman-Ellis. Thanks to all of you who texted in tonight. I'll have a show from 6 to 8 tomorrow. We're going to get some Labor Day memories, Battle of Alberta memories from uh, former Eskimo Randy Spencer. That'll be fun to have him on the show. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.